coffee. Once again, it's the Peruvian blend and it's the Swiss water process decaffeination thing. But it makes it good. I've been uh, without the caffeine for a little while and I haven't really felt the difference, except maybe feeling better. But that's not a slam against caffeine. If you like the caffeine, I say go for it. But I've drank so much caffeine over the years that I uh, just wanted to take a break from it. Anyway, hi. Oh, by the way. This is Chris from Cafe Sola. Cafe Sola. And in the cup today, which cup is it? Let's see, it's the Washington DC cup today. This was a gift from one of my stepdaughters. And it's one of my favorite, favorite mugs. So anyway, so what did I want to talk to you about today? Well, I didn't really want to talk to you today. <laughs> You're all saying, great, thanks for not talking to us. No, really. What I wanted to do is just introduce a video. Uh, or some audio rather. Today we're just going to play some audio of a Bible study class that I attended on uh, August 31st? Yeah, let's say August 31st. That would be pretty good. No, wait, today's Monday. It was September 1st. That's what it was. So, there you have it. Anyway, it was, uh, there was a seminarian visiting and his name was Kendall Davis, and I asked him, and he gave me permission to record his audio and to put it on the Cafe Sola podcast. So that's what you're going to hear today. What he's going to basically talk to us about, well, I guess not basically, because it's what he's going to talk to us about, is the benediction at the end of every divine service. What do you hear? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, right? May the Lord lift up his countenance what the heck is that upon you and give you peace and he's going to break that down he's going to break down bless and keep and make his face shine and be gracious and countenance and lift up his face and give peace he's going to break all those things down for you in this class and then he's going to uh, talk about how this fits into the divine service and that's going to be a really uh, good to hear so stay tuned for that it's not too far into the class. Um, then after that and some class discussion, he's going to talk to us about what is a blessing. What is a blessing? Is it just when the pastor says words to you? Or is it something that you can do? And he's going to talk to us about that. And then he's going to take us into uh, a little bit of Old Testament, which will tie to the New Testament. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. This is Chris from Cafe Sola, and here is the audio recorded of Seminarian, soon to be going to Cambridge for a year, and then back to finish his, uh, his classes at the seminary. Seminarian Kendall Davis talking about the benediction. Here we go. All right. Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm Kendall Davis. Uh, I've been a member here in Zion uh, for about uh, 10 years. Uh, you may or may not recognize me because I've been in school for the past many years. Um, so, it's great, it's great to be back. Um, wow. Now that I've uh, finished my vicarage, um, we'll talk about the benediction. Um, so, I've got here uh, the text of the benediction uh, right here in front of you. Um, in case you didn't know, uh, the benediction is literally quoted from uh, Numbers chapter 6. We'll be looking at that in context in just a second. But I've, I've laid it out here, you, uh, here for you at the top of the handout, uh, just so you can see the structure of it. 
And so it's basically three lines, and then uh, each line has two parts. So there's six things in total that uh, we're asking that the Lord would do. So the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Uh, Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Six uh, different things kind of all parallel together. just want you to see that, that structure. It's going to help us make sense of what's going on. Um, so we'll, we'll look at um, the, the text of the benediction in uh, numbers, in, the, in context, and we'll talk about its place in divine service and the liturgy um, and, and the significance of that. So let's open up our Bibles. Uh, numbers chapter 6, uh, we'll start at verse 22. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. Um, and before we get started, we'll, we'll get a little bit of context. Uh, I had a, a professor at St. Louis. Uh, whenever we, we look at a, a Bible passage, um, he'd, he'd stop and uh, give us a bit of context. But he, he would always he always start by saying, all right, so we need some context. So in the beginning, God created heaven and the earth, and then he would like, go through the entire biblical story uh, to the passage. I'm not going to do that to y'all. Um, but does anybody does anybody remember uh, kind of what's what's going on at this point in the Old Testament? I don't know there's probably a So at this point, um, Moses has led the people of Israel out of Egypt. That happened in Exodus, uh, in the of Exodus. Uh, so they've, they've left Egypt, and now they are on their way to the promised land of Israel. God is, they got promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so they're on their way to the promised land, and for a while they're going to be wandering in the wilderness. Uh, kind of there at Sinai, kind of south, um, southwest corner there of the Levant. And so they're wandering in the wilderness, and uh, they're going to end up wandering for, for quite a while, uh, because reasons. Uh, we'll, get that, we'll get to that later in numbers. But here at the beginning of numbers, uh, there's a lot of um, kind of regulations about um, how the, the tabernacle worship is going to be structured. And so this is part of that. This is uh, the blessing that has been given for Aaron uh, and his sons to, uh, to speak over the people. So that's, that's kind of what's going on right now. Uh, so uh, God is giving them the instructions for how how they're going to worship. And this is this is part of it. So uh, let's see. Uh, chapter 6, verse 22, and we'll go through 27. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. So what's happening here is Yahweh is giving, uh, telling Moses to tell Aaron uh, that this is, this is the blessing that they're going to say to the people. This is what they've been, been given to say specifically. And so in, in our, in our uh, tradition, um, as we have uh, continued to use this blessing. So initially, though, it was given for the Old Testament uh, worship in the tabernacle, then uh, later in the temple as well. That's, that's kind of where it has its, its origin and foundation. Um, I think verse 27 is really interesting. Uh, so, so, so shall they, that is Aaron and his sons, so shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. So in, in, uh, in putting this blessing on the people, people are receiving the name of Yahweh on them. 
Um, so this is just like how we talk about at baptism. Um, the name of the name of the triune God has been placed on us. So this is why the invocation, the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we make the sign of the cross. Just as that sign of the cross was made over us in our baptism. And so there's there's this um, it's like God's God's people are marked. Um, marked with his name. And so he uh, covered with his righteousness like a uh, um, and so you And so you see that here, uh, kind of in its own way, in the Old Testament context. And then also uh, notice the uh, second half of that verse. Um, so shall, shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. But who is who is ultimately doing the blessing? God. God, God is doing the blessing. But who's, who's actually saying the blessing? Aaron. Aaron's sons, the priests. So the priests are standing in instead of Yahweh, and they're speaking this blessing on his behalf. But it counts as God's blessing. This is what God does all the time. He works through human agents to do his work. Um, he, he's a God who uses means. He uses people. Um, that shows the best idea. But he decided to do it that way. Um, so that's, that's, that's what's happening there. Um, any questions about that, the narrative comment right there? It's kind of, it's kind of this brief snippet that we move on to, to talking about um, the consecration of the tabernacle and such. Alright, let's look at the text itself. Um, so we're going to take each of those six parts by itself. Um, so I'm calling 1A the first part of line 1, 1B the second part of line 1, uh, just so we can find a way along. Uh, so 1A, um, bless. Uh, the Lord bless you. Um, I think the word bless in English has a, a, a uniquely and exclusively religious connotation. Um, like, I don't, I don't think we use bless in kind of day-to-day -day life, really, unless we're talking about uh, religious or churchy things. Um, but bless, uh, at least in, in the Old Testament, it doesn't necessarily have that connotation. It's not exclusively a, a religious or churchy term. Um, so bless just means to verbally wish or hope uh, for the good of another. So the opposite of a blessing is a curse. So a curse would be where you uh, wish for the, the bad of another. Um, so a bless is the opposite of a curse. So you, you find this all across of the, the somebody will uh, meet somebody and they will they will bless them. Um, when we say good morning, that's that's effectively a kind of blessing. We wouldn't call it that, but uh, it, it functions as as a blessing. You wish you wish that they have a good morning or something like that. We'll talk about that later. Uh, so that's that, that's what bless means. Um, and the of course the difference between our blessings and God's blessing is that our words don't necessarily have the power to actually uh, uh, enact the good of another. Uh, like I can, I can, I can bless you and say have a good morning, uh, but that doesn't mean you're going to have a good morning necessarily. Uh, but God's blessings actually have the power to make it so. So that's a, that's an important difference between God's blessings that He blesses and our our blessings. That's 1A. Uh, 1B, uh, so Lord bless you and keep you. Um, so keep here means to uh, to guard or protect against uh, enemies or afflictions uh, where there's shamar. Um, so here's an example of that, that being used uh, here in uh, Joshua. 
For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who did those great signs in our sight and preserved, Shamar, us in all the way that we went, and among all the peoples through whom we passed. So uh, if you remember your story, your, the story of the wandering of the wilderness, God preserved, kept, guarded the people by giving them food, water, um, by uh, when the snakes came and uh, bit them, he healed them of that poison. The nations are closed and wear out. Uh, he gave them victory over uh, the, the tribes who wanted to uh, kill them and destroy them. And so these are all the ways that God guards, keeps, protects his people. So that, that's kind of what we have uh, in mind here when it says keep. Um, that's one B. So we got bless, keep. Uh, now the second line, make his face shine. Um, naturally a metaphor. Uh, God's face is glowing like a neon sign. Uh, but this basically means to, to show favor or delight, or uh, ultimately to, to bless. Um, and it means the same thing. Uh, here's a great example of uh, this being used of someone other than God. Uh, in Ecclesiastes, uh, who is like the wise man, who knows the interpretation of the thing. The man's wisdom makes his face shine, and the hardness of his face is changed. So, uh, basically, uh, the, the man's wisdom makes his face shine means the man's wisdom makes him, him happy. His face lights up. Uh, we kind of will sometimes talk like this a little bit. But, so, to say that God's face is going to shine on you is to say that he is going to look on you with delight, with favor. Um, he's not going to look at you with a scowl, but he's going to, his, his face will shine when he looks at you. Um, it's, it's a metaphor, um, but that's, that, that's the idea. God yeah, looks behind you with favor, um, and, and ultimately that means that he would, he would bless you. So that's uh, make his face shine on you. Oh, here's another example of that. Uh, Psalm 4. There are many who say, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. Uh, so here, uh, Yahweh lifting up the light of his face is parallel with God showing his people good. So for God to uh, uh, light it, uh, make his face shine on you is the same thing as saying that he will show you good, which is exactly what blessing is about. That's uh, 2A, 2B. Uh, be gracious to you. So be gracious means to, to show mercy or favor. Uh, here's an example from 2 Kings. Uh, now Hazael, king of Syria, oppressed Israel all the days of Jehoaz. But the Lord was gracious to them and had compassion. But he turned toward them because of the covenant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and would not destroy them, nor to cast them from his presence until now. To be gracious is to, to show mercy. So God didn't let uh, Israel, in, at this, this point in the story, he didn't let them be destroyed by their enemies. Uh, he favored them. So that's what uh, be gracious uh, means here. Uh, so we got, bless you, keep you, make his face shine on you, be gracious to you. Uh, now lift up his countenance upon you. That's the fun. Uh, so countenance just means face. Uh, we use the word countenance because uh, you use big words in church. Uh, and so this, you, might, you might find this part uh, boring, uh, so kind of interesting, yeah. Uh, but I, I was curious as to why it uses face in line two and then countenance in line three. Because in Hebrew, it's the same word. It's just face both times. Like, why, why in uh, the ESV, because uh, the, the version of the text we use in the divine service is just straight from the ESV. So why in the ESV do we have face in one verse and then countenance? This word that we never use. I never say countenance. Uh, I, I wouldn't know what it meant if it wasn't in this context. Uh, so why, why do we have the two? 
Um, and because in the Hebrew, it's the same word, both face. And in the, the old Greek uh, translation of the Old Testament, the Septuagint, that means it's the um, it's the same word, just face, both times. Uh, so I was really confused. Um, and I looked, uh, KJV has face and counting, so I'm like, okay, ESV is just following the KJV. And um, I found in the Vulgate, they actually, Vulgate is the, the Latin, uh, the Latin translation of the Bible made by uh, Jerome. Uh, Six, five, four, some, some very long time ago. Um, so this this was the uh, the foundational uh, translation of the Bible used in the West uh, when everybody spoke Latin, and so they used two different words for face there. And so I assume the KJV kind of just followed that and used two different English words for face to reflect that, um, probably because this text was used in uh, their liturgy. So they kind of wanted to to, to keep and, and preserve that. I'm assuming that's what happened. So yeah, fun facts. Um, tell the parties. So uh, 3a, uh, lift, lift up his countenance or his face. Uh, this means to honor, to accept, to show favor to. Uh, so if we look at Psalm 4.6, uh, quoted above, uh, we have this, this idiom here as well. Uh, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. This is kind of cool because they're kind of mixing the make his face shine and lifting up his face. Kind of mixing those together. Like a, like a Bible blender there. Um, and so the, the idea often, uh, this, this idiom of like lifting up the face is used a lot uh, in the Old Testament. Um, and a lot of times it's used of an, an ashamed person uh, lifting up their face or having their face lifted up. Um, so some, like one of the psalmists who has this saying, they might uh, talk about uh, Yahweh lifting up their face. So Yahweh uh, showing, showing them on um, other other places, uh, someone who has um, sinned or done something shameful against another person might say something like, "How can I? How can I lift up my face to them?" Um, the idea of your, your shame, your face is, is down. And so here, uh, the idea is not that not that Yahweh is ashamed that uh, he lifts his face up to you, but that uh, Yahweh is going to give you the honor of uh, lifting his face to you. Uh, it's, uh, in English, we might say something like that: He's, he's going to look you in the eye. Uh, that's the idea. He's going to uh, show you this honor, show you this faith, lifting his face to you. Um, so that's that's kind of what this, uh, what that, that idiom means. Um, so lift his face to you, and then finally, three B, give you peace. Um, so peace here means uh, to give uh, prosperity, tranquility, flourishing. Hebrew uh, word there is shalom. Um, and uh, shalom, uh, I mean, it's not merely um, lacking violence. Like, I think in English, the word peace generally means just an absence of violence or warfare. Um, but in, in Hebrew, the word shalom, it, uh, it means not just a, a lack of something, but also everything that happens when there is that lack of violence and warfare. So when there is a warfare going on, um, a nation experiences prosperity. Um, and flourishing because you're not you know, dying in war. Um, and so shalom then uh, refers to all of that flourishing that happens um, when there is peace, when there is a lack of warfare. Um, and so this is also used in, um, in some contexts in only just welfare. Uh, so like here, uh, Genesis uh, 43, uh, this is uh, Joshua. Uh, so Joshua was sold into slavery in Egypt by his brothers. Um, and then eventually they, they come back and there's a famine and he's in charge now. So his brothers don't know this is Joshua, but so he's going to ask them, you know, is, is dad doing well? Um, 
And so uh, he, Joshua, inquired about their welfare, Shalom. And he said, is your father well? Is your father Shalom? Uh, the old man of whom he spoke, is he still alive? And so this is how, this is how they would ask, like, are, are you well? They say, are you Shalom? Um, so it, it, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's not just lack of violence. Yahweh give you a lack of violence. But it's Yahweh uh, help you to uh, flourish and to, to prosper. Um, so it's, it's a very, very rich, uh, very rich, rich word there. And so uh, maybe you've kind of been able to see, as we've walked through each six parts of these, it's basically just six ways of saying the same thing. Uh, like it's not like these are these are like uh, this is not a like a, a list article of blessings like the six different things that God is going to bless you with. Uh, that, that's kind of what we would. That's how we would do it. Like these are six distinct things. Uh, but they just list kind of six kind of parallel ways that God is going to bless His people. And no, some of them are kind of different. There's a little emphasis difference in one or the other. Uh, but it's basically six ways of saying the same thing. It's like six different angles on God's blessing of his people. And so um, when, we, when we hear the benediction, um, I think we can, we can hear that. This is just kind of six different angles on um, talking about how God blesses his people. And they're all, they're all ultimately talking about the same, the same thing, which is different angles on the same thing, because that's how rich and multifaceted God's blessing is of this is how, this is how uh, Hebrew poetry works a lot. Um, so hopefully, hopefully you've been able to see that. Um, so before we move on to um, the benediction and the divine service, oh, I should ask, uh, when, when do we end? 10.30. 10.30. Or even our commentary. So any questions on um, the text of the benediction? Like what it, what it actually means? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and this is this is how they this is how they think. This is how they write. They they love to say the same thing over and over. We we don't like that in English. Like uh, they'll they'll say stuff like um, you know, and, and he laughed a great laugh. We, we we don't say that. Like if you if you wrote that for writing, people would say change that. So yeah. uh, they they love to do that. Or he he feared a great fear. They love that that repetition. Yeah. It is. Yeah, and, and these would have been texts that they, they would have heard. Uh, they wouldn't have you know, had their own copy of home that they could, they could read it. Yeah. Sometimes I've heard it said, where people say, may the Lord bless you. Is that... And then other people say just, the Lord bless you, as it's a, um, imperative, or I don't know the right way to... Yeah, yeah. That. It's just different <laughs> ways of constructing that construction in English. Um, the Lord bless you. I, I, I think that's a more archaic construction. Um, like, um, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get this um, in a second. Like, uh, like in, in the definitive commas, we say, bless me the Lord. Um, like, we would say, let's bless the Lord. That's, that's how we would say that in, like, our English. Uh, but it's, it's more of an archaic way of saying, the, the Lord bless you. Because if that was a normal sentence, we would say, the Lord blesses you. But if we're not just saying this is a thing the Lord is doing, uh, but it's it's a, it's a it's a blessing. May, may the Lord bless you. How we would say that um, in modern English. So it's just an older construction. Yeah. When I
Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I'm thinking immediately of, you know, in, um, after the consecration of the sacrament, uh, you know, it's lifted up, it's the peace of the Lord be with you. You're looking at it, uh, right there. Um, I don't think, here, I don't think they're, they're saying Yahweh give you peace means Yahweh give you the Messiah. Um, but I think that that is a, uh, that's a reasonable um, kind of connection to make in your brain. Um, and ultimately, uh, Yahweh giving his people uh, flourishing and peace, um, we receive that through Jesus. So it's not necessarily being immediately referred to in the text, uh, but in, kind of in the big picture, that is how he does it. That is how he gives us all these blessings, is through Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace. They were grumbling a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. They so so being get, get, getting a blessing is kind of nice. Yeah, this is this is this is what God does in the Old Testament. Um, everyone thinks that uh, the Old Testament God is, is like a lot meaner, um, and it is it is Old Testament is a slightly stabbier Testament than the New Testament. Um, but this is I mean the Old Testament is a story about. Yahweh's people being unfaithful, and Yahweh being faithful. And it's just that pattern repeated over and over and over and over and over again. Um, Yahweh, um, never going to give you up, never going to let you down. Um, never going to run around you. Uh, that is <laughs> Yahweh. He is, he is the perfect uh, Rick Hassan. It's, it's entirely possible for the children to get this also. Because when my son was two, three, four, five years old, we would read his little Bible every night at bedtime. Yeah. And as we progressed through the stories, he very clearly would say, not again. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, yeah, and yeah, kids, kid, kids can get this, definitely. Um, and it's, yeah, because it, it's culture. And it's, yeah, it's, okay. I, I, I listened to, to Judges uh, recently. And Judges is exactly that. It's just this, this spiral. Of Yahweh um, being faithful, saving them, and then they get complacent, and then they start worshiping the idols, and then they hand them over to the Philistines or whoever, and then they come back. It's just, it's just a cycle again and again. Um, it's kind of yeah. Good. So uh, let's talk about uh, the benediction of the divine service. Uh, so, as you probably know, uh, the benediction comes at the very, very end. Uh, so, we've just done the service of sacrament, we've had the uh, prayer of Thanksgiving, and then we have the benediction. Uh, so right before the benediction in um, most of the settings in the middle, uh, we have what's called the uh, benedictamus. Uh, benedictamus is Latin for uh, be blessed. And so it goes, uh, bless be the Lord, and then the people respond, thanks be to God. Uh, so sometimes people think this is a little weird, like why, why are we blessing God? Isn't God the one who blesses us? Well, this is actually a really normal way of talking in the scriptures. Uh, so here, here's an example uh, from Psalm 135. Uh, Blessed be the Lord from Zion who dwells in Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. And so to, to bless God is basically another way of saying uh, praise God or thank you God. And so when we talk about blessing the Lord, we're not like kind of usurping God's authority to bless or something like that. Uh, but we are, we are responding to God in, in praise and thanksgiving. It's basically what we mean when we say, uh, <coughs> uh, so we're going to look at the comments, um, and then we go into uh, the benediction, which we, we just talked about that. Uh, and the benediction, uh, like we talked about before, it parallels the invocation. So the, the service um, 
it is kind of bookended with these, these blessings. So they begin with the blessing of the name of the Triune God, uh, the remembrance of our baptism, and then we close with the Uranic benediction here from Numbers. So the, the whole service is bookended with blessing. Of course, in the middle, there's blessing. Uh, it's blessing all the way through. Uh, but this is, this is uh, it's very intentional uh, that we would begin with the name of the Triune God and end with uh, this blessing. Um, I, I think it's really interesting um, kind of looking at this. So, like we talked about verse 27 of chapter 6 in Numbers, it talks about that in, in giving this blessing, the, the priests are uh, putting the name of Yahweh on the people, uh, which is, of course, exactly what we did in the invocation. So, in, in a real way, like we are we are beginning the ending with uh, the name of God being placed upon us. Um, and that, that book ends the entire service. So just structurally, um, I guess we'll do picture. Uh, so benediction, the benediction, though, is not the only blessing in the service. It's probably the most prominent one, um, but the, the divine service is full of uh, blessings. Uh, can anybody think of some other places where there are some blessings, things that act as blessings in the divine service? It's a handful. Lord's Supper, yeah. So the uh, yeah the uh, when each rail is dismissed, close with a blessing. Yeah. Are we saying create in me a clean heart? We're asking for the Lord's blessing. Yeah, yeah. We're we're asking for God's blessings. Yeah. That's right. Any other one? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, the baptism together. There's a blessing there. Yeah. Um, we've also got um, the absolution is a um, kind of a specialized blessing as well. Um, the uh, salutation to um, um, Lord be with you and with our spirit. That's a that's a blessing. It's kind of a call response. Blessing. Um, the close of the sermon is often a blessing there. Um, the peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's another one there. Um, yeah, Octominus is a blessing. Uh, peace of the Lord be with you. That's, that's a blessing there. So it's just filled with um, these, these words from the passage that act as a blessing. These blessings are made um, instead of, of Christ. So Jesus blesses us throughout the church um, through, through all of us. That makes me think of, of churches that don't do that. Mm -hmm. that, that don't have a benediction. They don't have the blessings, in a sense. Uh, they praise God a lot. Yeah. Which is good. But they're not really receiving the blessing that the divine service gives. Yeah, it, it often becomes just a couple of praise songs and a Bible TED Talks. Um, <laughs> you know, I love praising God and I love Bible TED Talks, but there's, 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 there's more to that. Um, which is, it's just that they're missing stuff. That's, yeah, that's yeah, more than, exactly. you know. So there, yeah, so there, there's, there's a full if, if they don't believe that, that God through the pastor's mouth is blessing them, you know, like when, when God puts his name on the child in baptism, mm -hmm. when when the pastor is preaching, God's blessing the people with his word. Yes. But a lot of people just think it's some guy up there giving motivational speech. Yes. Yeah, it's all, it's so all just between the, the God as an individual. Uh, which is just not how the scriptures think about it at all. Um, yeah. There's a lot there. Uh, we'll keep going. 
Uh, so I just want to talk a little bit about what is a, what is a blessing? So we kind of define the word, um, and kind of how does this, this function as speech? Because um, it, it's not quite as straightforward as you might think. Um, and so I, I've got a passage from the Hobbit that kind of illustrates this. So good morning is a, is a kind of blessing. And so here, um, uh, Gandalf, uh, the wizard, uh, gets uh, seemingly confused uh, by Bilbo's wish for good morning. So good morning, said Bilbo, and he meant it. The sun was shining, the grass was very green, but Gandalf looked at him from under long, bushy eyebrows that stuck out further than the brim of the shape had. What do you mean, he said. Do you wish me a good morning, or do you mean that it is a good morning whether I want it or not, or that you feel good this morning, or that it is a morning to be good on? All of them at once, said Bilbo. And a very fine morning for a pipe of tobacco out of doors and some bark. And then later, uh, good morning, uh, Bilbo said at last. We don't want any adventures here, thank you. You might try over the hill or across the water. By this minute, the conversation was at an end. What a lot of things you do use good morning for, said Gandalf. Now you mean that you want to get rid of me and that it won't be good until I move on. <laughs> so, uh, good morning. Um, a very simple thing to probably say every day. Um, but it's kind of um, complicated. They go like, what do, you, what do you actually say? Uh, we only think about language as communicating information. Like I have, uh, you know, bites of information in my brain, and I'm giving, putting them into your brain through these mouth sounds that I'm making. Um, but language is a lot more than that. Uh, language is not just like imparting information from one brain to another brain. But language is about doing things. Uh, so words are actions. And so um, an example would be like a command is an action. If you tell um, you know your child to clean your room, you're not just saying like, hey, it would be a good idea if you clean your room, like just information. But no, you're, you're doing something. You're commanding. That's the Or our promise. You're you're doing something. Um, I forgive you. It's not just communicating like uh, forgiveness is a thing and God forgives you. It's like this information, but the words do it. There's an action that's happening through the words. And so a blessing is that as well. Uh, it is doing something. Um, so like have a good day is an example of a blessing. And so um, it's not it's not a command. Have a good day. Um, it's structured as a as an imperative, uh, grammatical. Uh, but it's not, it doesn't function as a thing. Like if you told your kid, have a good day, and then they came home and you asked them, so did you have a good day? And say, no. So you wouldn't say, well, why did you disobey me? Like it's not, it's not a command. Uh, it's not have a good day or else. Um, it's, it's, it's not. Um, and it's not merely just expressing like a hope or a wish. Like if you just said, I hope you have a good day, you'd be like, well, thanks, I guess. Uh, kind of weird. Uh, but it's more than that. It's more than a, it's not a command, and it's more than just expressing a hope. But it's actually doing something. The idea is almost that, like, through my words, I can almost um, enact or contribute you to having as if as if my words have the power to do that. That's that's the idea behind a blessing. The way it functions as an action. Um, and of course, the difference. Uh, like we said, between God's blessing and our blessing, is that God's words actually have the power to make it so. Uh, so in Genesis, God says, let there be light, and light was. God's words, they can happen. When Jesus says, this is my body, this is my blood, body and this is blood, his words make it happen. Um, when you receive the absolution, you are forgiven. You're forgiven. Um, the words of Jesus make it so. And so when God blesses us with, uh, whether that's the words of the benediction or the general, 
um, God's blessing has the, the power to make it so. This isn't just God saying, like, oh, hope you have a good day. Uh, but he is, his words actually uh, cause it to happen in a very, in a very real way. Questions on that? What a, what, a, what a blessing it is. It just made me think of when people say, have a good day, and I sometimes respond snarkily yeah. and say, well, I had one yesterday, you have one today. <laughs> We shouldn't hear. I think that means we shouldn't hear the may as expressing doubt. Um, like if, if we said maybe, but may the Lord bless you um, is, is is expressing that that same idea, um, and there there is no doubt. So how, however we hear that, we shouldn't hear it um, as if it's saying that there is any doubt. Uh, same thing like uh, you, you made the remark about uh, that, that, that we might be saved. Um, and it's, it's using might in a different way. Because sometimes we say might like, oh, I might be I might not. I mean, probably won't. Um, and then we can use it like, um, so that something, so that we might be saved. Um, that's it. That's a, that's a subjunctive for you, Grammarsons. Um, Should we be bold enough to say, the Lord will bless you? And that, and that would be saying the same thing? Any other questions on the uh, benediction so far or uh, blessings? The language has changed somewhat over the years, and even as a shorter time ago as the 70s. Um, when I was a teenager, it was more likely for somebody to say, you know, have a blessed day. Then today, most people just say, you know, have a good day, which is still, you could take it as the same thing, but it's a little more generic. Anybody could say, have a good day. Yeah. But if you say, you know, have a blessed day, that's different. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Um, and it's uh, just a, I think that, that, that switch from, have a blessed day to have a good day um, is just an example of a larger, uh, larger phenomena that happen in our, our society. Um, phenomena that we shouldn't think of here. Uh, we're in the yeah. um, so let's, uh, we've been kind of going bigger and bigger picture. So we're going to go even bigger picture now. Uh, so let's look at uh, kind of the way that blessing uh, functions in the story of, of the whole scriptures. Um, so there, there's a way in which we can see the entire story of the scriptures from beginning to end in terms of blessing. Uh, we often talk about it in terms of forgiveness of sin, which is, often, which is certainly a very like, central concept. We can also talk about it in terms of blessing. So uh, let's go first to Genesis 1, uh, 26, 30. Start at the very beginning. Very good place to start.
right, so uh, context, God just created the world, and uh, that's basically all that's happened so far. This is the beginning. Uh, Genesis 1, uh, starting at verse 26. Uh, then God said, uh, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the fish. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created the male and female. He created them. And God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its root. You shall have them too. To every beast of the earth, and every bird of the heavens, to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, and given every green plant for food. And it was so. So God uh, creates the man and woman, and he blesses them. And how specifically does he bless them? They, they, they want them. Food. Yeah, so he gives them uh, every every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its root. So all, he gives them all the plants to eat. How else does he bless them? Responsibility. Responsibility, yes. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to put that. Yeah. Uh, so to subdue the earth, to have dominion over the fish, the sea, and the birds that happens over every living thing that lives on the earth. Yeah, it's not just kind of have your way with it, but uh, you, have, you have a responsibility to care for your garden of this creation. Yeah. Their ability to be fruitful. Yeah, their own being fruitful and multiplied is a, is a blessing. Um, if you would, uh, you would bless them by having the ability to do this. Yeah, so these, these are all the ways that God uh, blesses um, the, the first man and the first woman. Um, he, he gives them uh, food, he, he gives them the authority to uh, rule over creation um, in, in God's stead, and he gives them the ability to, uh, to be fruitful, to multiply, and, and everything else. And he also blesses uh, the rest of creation as well. That all of creation is given the ability to be fruitful and multiply. Because he tells uh, the birds, the fish, and the creepy crawlies of the land uh, also be fruitful and multiply. Uh, this, is a, this is a blessing over all of creation. And, uh, the man and the woman have, have their place as the, uh, the image of God uh, to the rest of creation. So, so this, is, <clears throat> this is kind of how things start out. It's pretty, pretty cool. Um, and it's characterized by this, this blessing of God. God blesses them and this make, is going to make it fruitful. It's going to make creation and these human creatures flourish and be successful. And of course, as you know, this goes south pretty quickly. And uh, and then uh, we won't read it. But then in uh, Genesis three, instead of blessings, now they're given curses. And so now instead of the ground uh, being fruitful, it's now going to require a lot of hard work between thistle and thorn. Instead of uh, easily uh, being fruitful and multiplied, it's going to be a painful and arduous task. Uh, not just the uh, birth, but also the raising of the kids. Sorry here. Uh, and so they what was. What they were given as blessing now is now curse. It doesn't mean that um, there isn't uh, flourishing or prosperity to be had, but it is um, severely um, limited. It is not what it's supposed to be. And so that, that's kind of where we are. Okay. And uh, it doesn't take too long uh, for God to, to do something about fixing this. So that takes us to Genesis 12. Genesis uh, chapter 12, we'll look at verses 1 through 3. This is called Abraham. 
Now the Lord said to Abram, uh, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you. And make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So when God calls Abraham, uh, the language they're used is not, not necessarily about like sin or forgiveness of sin, although that's, that's there in the background as well. But the language is used of blessing. So first, we have, um, we have verse 2, I will bless you, make your name great. You, you yourself will, will become a blessing. And he's going to bless those who bless him, curse those who curse him. And then this part at the end is, is really critical. In you, all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. So this call of Abraham is not just about Abraham, or Abraham, as the same as now. Uh, it's not just about Abraham. This is not um, God really likes Abraham, so he's going to show Abraham some special favor. But he is choosing Abraham for a purpose, so that through Abraham's family, through Abraham's offspring, all the nations of the earth might be blessed. That's the idea. Uh, this, this is about restoring the blessing that was given to all of humanity back in Genesis 1. And it's now going to be restored through the offspring of Abraham. Some of the we have that promise of the restoration of that blessing. Uh, so we'll, we'll fast forward through, through quite a bit. Uh, skip to Galatians. Galatians uh, chapter 3. And so here Paul is going to talk about um, the, the fulfillment of this promise of blessing uh, given to, to Abraham uh, from the beginning. Um, this isn't a blessing just for Abraham's family, the, the ancient uh, people of God, Israel, but this is ultimately a blessing for all of the nations, including the Gentiles, which is kind of a critical point uh, in Galatians. Galatians chapter 3, uh, sort of verse 7. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you all the nations, in you, in you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. The law is not of faith, rather the one who does them shall live by faith. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming cursed for us. Or is it? Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Elsewhere in uh, Galatians, Paul makes the point that um, the offspring talked about in Genesis, the offspring that is uh, through which all the nations of the earth will be blessed, is Jesus specifically. It is a singular offspring, um, and that is Jesus. Um, and so, I, I just love, I just love how we kind of played these themes of cursing and blessing. So the curse that was uh, received by Adam and Eve is now placed on Jesus. That curse that is uh, preventing creation from doing what it's supposed to, that curse that is preventing human beings from being the creatures that God has made us to be, Jesus now takes that curse. And he takes that curse that humanity has been given, 
And now Jesus kind of restarts humanity. There is a new humanity, humanity 2.0. And now we receive uh, this blessing, this new blessing of Jesus. And so when, uh, when and so we receive this blessing obviously through, through absolution, through baptism, through sacrament, the altar, all of this stuff. Um, but ultimately, we're waiting for this blessing to be fulfilled in new creation, in the new earth. That the blessing given to Adam and Eve in Genesis 1 is a blessing about uh, flourishing in, in the garden, the good creation that God made. And so our ultimate hope, the, the final restoration of all of this, is in the new creation. So we have this blessing now, fully. Your sins are forgiven. You've given this promise. But also, we're waiting. We're waiting for that full fulfillment that things would be the way God meant it to be in the first place. It's, it's clear as as, um, as many blessings as we receive from God daily, uh, things are not the way they're supposed to be. No. Uh, we do receive those blessings, but it's still, still not the way it's supposed to be. And so, uh, kind of looking, looking at the story of the scriptures in terms of blessing, I think, um, helps us to see that. Uh, we receive it now, but also we're waiting. There's more, there's more yet to come when Jesus returns and when he creates the new heavens and the new earth. So, questions? Thoughts, opinions, others. Yeah, there's a, there's a piece in, in knowing that um, it's uh, in Jesus, everything's going to be okay. Uh, that, uh, you know, like our, our gospel being taught, that you are, you are now right before God. You don't have to uh, worry about um, God being united with your sins because you're not giving up I just think it's great how we can, we're blessed by being able to look backwards from the New Testament to the Old Testament and see that when Abraham was receiving that blessing, he was really being promised that through him, through his line, all the way to the cross, you know, the world would have this peace. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's so much richer when we kind of understand the, um, the background of all this. The New Testament is just really this commentary on the Old Testament. Um, yeah. Well, uh, thank you all for, for having me here. It's been great, great to be here. Uh, I'll keep going first um, as I am in uh, England. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, man. That was a good class, wasn't it? You may have heard me chime up once or twice in the class. But anyway, um, I hope you got something out of it. I, I thought it was very key where he talked about how... Sorry, I had a, like, an ant bite. Do you see the dog back there? She's hiding, actually. Um, he, I liked how we tied it to just saying... Uh, what did he say here? Let's see. Just saying good morning. The story of the Bilbo... Uh, I'm going to read it to you in case you uh, just tuned in here at the end and weren't really listening during the lesson. This is a, a bit of audio, a bit of, uh, not audio, audio? Do books have audio? Well, they do if they're books on tape. This isn't really that. This is uh, something that was from Lord of the Rings. It may have been in the movie, but uh, certainly was in the book where he said, uh, Good morning, said Bilbo, and he meant it. The sun was shining and the grass was very green, but Gandalf looked at him from under long, bushy eyebrows stuck out further 
wrapped in the brim of his shady hat. What do you mean, he said. Do you wish me a good morning? Or mean that it is a good morning, whether I want it or not? Or that you feel good this morning? Or that it is morning to be uh, uh, it is a morning to be good on? Hmm. All of them at once? said Bilbo. And a very fine morning for a pipe of tobacco out of doors? Into the bargain? Then we skip down and he says, Good morning, he said at last. We don't want any adventures here, thank you. You might try over the hill or across the water. By this he meant that the conversation was at an end. What a lot of things you use good morning for, said Gandalf. Now you mean that you want to get rid of me, and that it won't be good till I move off. <laughs> it's very well written stuff, isn't it? And of course, very well performed in the movies. But if you think about it, we use words for a lot of different meanings. And the nice thing is that, um, is it a nice thing? I think it is a nice thing. When you say good morning to someone, most of the time you're blessing them. Good morning as you walk into the office. Good morning to your husband or wife or your children. You're saying a blessing to them. Now, hopefully you don't mean good morning when you say good morning to your spouse and you're wishing that they would hurry off to work. That wouldn't be very nice. But you can say have a good morning when they're leaving. Have a good morning. There she is. Have a good morning. Say hi, Indy. Hi. <laughs> um, have a good morning at work. Say good morning to all the people at work. Have a blessed day is what we used to say. That's what I used to say when I was younger. Have a blessed day. Didn't even think about it. Didn't wonder if anybody would be offended by it. Just have a blessed day. Now, it's, hey, how you doing? And most people are like, fine. You know? It, our conversations have changed and we need to regain some of that stuff. But that's a conversation for another day in the cafe. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed that video. Like and subscribe, follow, whatever those other things are that people do, particularly if you're watching on Facebook. Find your way, uh, like it on Facebook, share it with friends if you can, but um, find your way over to the YouTube channel, the Cafe Solo YouTube channel, or I'm working on a Cafe Solo web so that uh, if YouTube ever gets crazy, it'll still be available somewhere. And well, subscribe, hit the notification bell. So when I do post another video, you'll, you'll get a notification. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to remind you of is, I know I've told you that the Pastor Wolf Miller has American Christianity failed Bible class, audio and video, uh, some slides and stuff, um, will be coming soon. Well, I'm just waiting on uh, an intro video for that so that I can start publishing. I've got a few of them edited down and uh, not to take out any content of course but to just make sure that the best is there for you to be able to hear and uh, enjoy so stay tuned that'll be coming soon it's just going to take a few more weeks maybe for me to get the audio and get those packaged up and start the process of getting those out and then they'll be fairly regular hopefully every week if uh, my schedule allows for that um, but we do have a son who's now engaged the son, if many of you have been following, I don't know, we had the son who, in the 19, 20, 2015, I guess it was, uh, was diagnosed with cancer, and he's cancer-free at the moment, praise God. 
uh, and will remain cancer-free as far as the doctors are concerned. Um, so we're grateful for that. We can't be more grateful, uh, I don't think. Maybe we can. Hmm. We should think about that. But anyway, um, so he is uh, engaged now, and so this next year will be a little bit preoccupied, but I'm going to do my best uh, once a week to make sure I get some audio prepared and put out of those Bible classes so that you can have them every week to listen to. Or you can binge watch them and binge listen. Binge listening? Yeah. Binge listening to them later. That would be okay too, right? Yeah, except they're probably on the average about an hour, maybe a little bit longer. So they're good. They're good. You should watch them. You should listen to them. But um, binge watching, that would be like binge listening to tabletop radio or something like that. It's like, Good or bad? Don't know. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this little uh, quick video on uh, this Bible class that uh, was on the benediction, and we will talk to you next time we see you in the cafe. Have a good day. God's blessings. Mm -hmm.